Let's talk about the original K-drama meat stick. Nope. Captain Reed. Nope. Beef, <laughs> beefcake. Maybe beefcake, but not meat stick. Beefcake. Meat. The original K-drama meat stick. <laughs> Anyang SAO, welcome to Afternoon of Delight, where Leah, Megan, and Amy, romance novelists, and your K romance guides. So grab some deck bokey and listen to your new favorite unease. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hi there. So tonight we're settling in, and uh, Megan wants to talk, and she has promised that she is not going to be talking about her bowels. <laughs> But Leah is. So this is related to you. This is related to you guys. I actually been wanting to tell you. So I don't know. It's this is this is going to start out boring, but I swear. Oh God! Did BTS not stay in a hotel room? Can you edit out the boring part and just get to it? (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm just going to say it's related to how. Remember when we were talking about banks and we were talking about the difference between like credit unions and banks okay do you remember the three of us were talking about that did we talk we about talking this about... online or behind the scenes i think we were talking about it in slack god i, but I was saying that's I all this we were is just... not on an episode i was talking about banks no we were just talking about the difference between credit unions, yeah. unions and banks and how often we actually have to like go into our banking institution okay never and i remember i said to you guys oh i think we only went i think the only time neil and i ever went into our credit union was um, like to sign like a loan document or something. And so I was telling Neil about this story. And let me preface, we, I was driving. He was in the passenger seat. The kids were in the back. It had been a really long day. It was the day he ran like the half marathon. We had been at Philly. Like I was like delirious and tired. So I wasn't thinking correctly. But you didn't run the half marathon. He did. And you, Shut up. And you were delirious and tired. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm just, I'm just you clarifying. Were driving, you were at least driving for you it. You know what? I was providing emotional support <laughs> to the whole family. <laughs> And I carried a lot of bags that day, okay? <laughs> it's like the pack mule. Anyway, so, and I said, do you remember that, Neil, how that was like the only time we went in was when we had to sign that loan document? And he goes, yeah. And then he said, well, just so you know, the business lingo is, they call that a wet signature. And I was like, oh, okay, because you're like, <laughs> I was like, okay, because you're like signing it <laughs> with like your wet. Because <laughs> I, I can't believe I said this. I was like, oh, because you're signing it with like your wet meat sticks. Your wet meat sticks? <laughs> meat sticks. Why would you say that? <laughs> I meant like your fingers. I think it's because it's I, actual I ink that you're pain. using. Listen, <laughs> I was. And he, and I said it without laughing. I was like dead serious. I was like, you're like your wet meat sticks, like your fingers. And he was like, no, the ink and the pen. He, he just stared at me and he was like, what are you talking about? I was like, it's like a wet signature because you're in the flesh. <laughs> with your damp skin. And with your damp skin. And you calling like, your fingers meat sticks? I don't know what. I don't know. Is that like and a I Pennsylvania was, thing? I was like, your like your body is like moist. Oh my god! Stop! This needs to like I am I am in Neil's body right now, begging (laughs) for this to stop. (laughs) He finally just goes, Megan. It's because the ink is wet, (laughs) which is my first reaction. I know. I know. 
I still to this day do not know what I was thinking. I was convinced. What, leaking, that- what leaks out of your fingers? <laughs> I don't you're, know. You're apparently She's leaving prints, like damp prints, everywhere she goes. She can't touch a book. She can't touch a book in a store. Because... <laughs> Like, honestly, guys, it was, like, Neil was just like, what, 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 like, how does your brain work? And I was like, I don't know. The fact like, that I you kept going after yeah. saying I kept going. I never once thought it was because of wet ink. <laughs> because that would be the obvious choice, would be wet ink. But I was convinced it was because we were there in our wet flesh. <laughs> wet bodies so i watched an australian movie a long time ago and they had a sex scene in it where the woman talked dirty uh-huh and in it as she was like you know going for it she was like part my meat curtains nope stop no nope. stop no that is no i think of with your little meat stick finger <laughs> i can't Three believe meats. that this is the lead-in I know. To I this like, very never- special episode. Like, what, Leah, next time you ask before we start, <laughs> does anybody have banter? You need to, like, she needs to be vetted before she speaks. <laughs> she was like, I'm good. I've got something to say. I'm like, oh, okay. Fucking, she's been holding on to this for how long? That race was forever ago. <laughs> wheezing. This is worse. This is worse than the boat. Fucking no, the boat was awesome. The boat was awesome. This is like you're just like this drippy human now in my mind. Oh my god. Let me see your fingers. (laughs) They're just like melting wax. (laughs) It looks like are they like chubby little like uh speckled like beefy sticks i don't know i don't know and neil kept asking me he's like you got you have to tell them this story not so tonight did. you didn't have to tell us tonight <laughs> not tonight. you had to tell us on air right or on air like on our two-year amy before we started i was like megan is this about your bowel and she's like no no no, no it's, it's so bowel. much better it's about my wet meat sticks <laughs> This is what our two-year anniversary is. It's always, it's going to be tainted by meat sticks now. (laughs) And now I want one. A meat stick? You want a meat stick? Yeah, I want like a big, I remember I was in Snap into a Slim Jim. I was in Argentina one time with Nick. And we were at um, like a a place where it was like I was in Argentina one time just like the one ra- like the one time because yeah, I've been in Argentina a million <laughs> so I'm in Argentina and they have these places called carne libra which is just basically like free meat like you just go and you pay and they just give you meat as much as you can they just come around with trays of meat and you're like I want this this and this and they just hack off meat and give it they to have you. restaurants like that not in Argentina too yeah <laughs> my point is is that I was into it and they gave me sausages. And I remember I picked up a sausage with my fork and I bit into it. And I was like, this is the best thing I've ever fucking put into my mouth. And Nick, without even blinking an eye, says, I've never been so unattracted to you. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? <laughs> there are men out there who would like to watch a lady eat a sausage. <laughs> <laughs> 
this is hot. I would like some- you both to leave this episode right now. <laughs> Please escort yourselves out. I'm I will so continue sorry. from here. I know, and you were so excited. I mean, I'm excited about this episode too, but you were so excited, and I definitely ruined it. And Amy I'm is crawling through a tunnel of love right now, trying to get I'm away. Kinda, <laughs> I'm kind of delighted that I did this. <sighs> I don't even know well, how to segue. I want to hear, Amy, what your segue is going to be. I, from I just meat. said I don't even know how to segue. There's no meat stick. <laughs> I got one. I got one. Let's let's talk about the original K drama meat stick. Nope, Captain. Nope. Beefcake, maybe beefcake, but not meat stick. Beefcake. Meat. The original K drama meat stick. (laughs) (laughs) Sari never got any of Captain Ree's meat stick. Oh my gosh, she never got to put a sausage in her mouth. It was never the best thing she had put in her mouth. Oh my gosh. No. I am so sorry. So sorry. <laughs> Hyun Bin and Sun Yi Jin. Oh, Bin Jin. We love you. All right. Oh, and they, have, and they have a baby now? They do. And you both need to stop talking for a minute. Because I'm just going to go here. Like the baby's ears. <laughs> so, January 30th, 2021, we dropped our first podcast episode titled Meet Your Unease. Now here we are, two years later, countless dramas watched, a growing Patreon community, and over 100,000 downloads. Before we get into our official topic for today, any thoughts on the whole how it started, how it's going theme? Did you have any idea where this podcast might go when we began? And have we met or exceeded your expectations so far? Did you expect wet meat sticks two years down the line? (laughs) Well, my name is down first, so I'm going to say this. If you go back and you listen to our very first podcast, I don't speak for the first 10 minutes pretty much because I was paralyzed in fear because I did not know what to do. So you actually both talk for the first 10 minutes. Seriously? Yeah, if you go back and listen, I do not talk. Really? Yes. And if you remember, I was the original script writer because I was so paranoid about having nothing to say that I would just write these like incredibly long scripts, which is why all of our original podcasts are like two episodes. Yes, per- like a double oh deep dive. You I did was- used to write the longest scripts. Because I was very scared of having nothing to say. And then I remember us like really angsting, like, should we swear? Like, what happens? <laughs> <laughs> And I was really trying to censor myself and try to be like professional-ish, kind of. But that wasn't being true to yourself. Well, then Till the Nine Till happened. I feel like <laughs> once Till the yes. Nine happened, that's when I feel like, I mean, our personality does appear before that, I believe. I haven't gone back to listen. Like, you know, I know that, you know, we, you know, we were ourselves, but I think we were on good behavior. And I felt right around the time we hit Till the Nine Till is when I was just like, fuck it. You cracked your it. can open. Like, that was the best. That was the best. I will never forget so, that. In my mind, that's when I was like, you know what? I just have to talk how I talk in real life. And I can't be this, like, persona anymore. Well, it's because I, ha- I think we had this vision of... Because when we first started, like, the only dramas we had really watched when we started, all three of us were Goblin and Cloy, right? And so we had this I- idea of chasteness not just you know with sex but also with language and i think in the back of our minds we're like well if if drama watchers are there for that sort of you know chasteness then we should provide that too in the podcast because we don't want to offend anybody 
but it's not true that every drama is as chaste as those dramas. And it's also not true that, you know, just because you watch a certain kind of content, that that is the only kind of content that you want in your life. Yeah, and we're romance writers. So I think naturally, and we all are not chaste romance writers. So I think naturally, that's what we want to talk about. I mean, I'm pretty sure that the first like, Four or five episodes, I'm talking out of the wrong end of the mic. Remember, we were like, Megan. Oh, yes. And we couldn't understand why my voice was so muffled for like five episodes. It's ludicrous. Like, I can, that's the thing. I can't listen to those early ones because it makes me cringe because I'm like, oh, my God. I sound like I'm in a tu- I sound like I'm in the tunnel of love with Captain Reed. Like, it's Or bad. in lunar water. You're just like treading water in lunar uh, water. So clearly, I... You spun your mic around and it was all good. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was and then I was a true professional. But I still kind of can't believe that we had the audacity to do it. Not that like starting a podcast is like having the audacity, but for me, if anyone knows how like every week it's a challenge for me to even sign in. <laughs> like it <laughs> like you know, I mean like is. we never like laugh at you it's always with you but like when you texted we both look at our phone i'm like oh my gosh megan you dropped it in slack just in case yeah. and she's like and i even tagged yes. her she- i was like here's the link to get to get into our program tonight and i and i even tagged both amy because i was like i know the emails have not been going out properly and i tagged you both and then she texts us like five minutes after <laughs> she's supposed to be here I was there though. I was there on time, but the whole time I was like frantically searching for it. It was so funny. We were like, "Oh, Leah, we were laughing with you." Yes, I'm just saying. Me, it just felt very hard to do, and so I'm glad I didn't think about it because I think I would have talked myself out of it. And instead, I was like, "Sure, absolutely. What could go wrong?" And I was just in that kind of frame of mind, which, you know, I get into every once in a while. And I'm glad I was in that frame of mind when we had the idea. Well, I also think and we've talked about this with like our different personality styles and how, you know, it's good that we are as different as we are, because that's what kind of keeps this machine going. And you two are the ones who are super great at like having these fantastic I'm, I'm terrible ideas. at follow through. And then I make them happen. <laughs> I make you follow through. Like, you know, like, let's do a podcast. Yeah, totally. You know, like that. How many people say we should totally do a podcast and they never do it, po- you know, never do a podcast. And I'm like, okay, so I'm ordering a mic. I'm doing this. Like, I'm not saying I'm like the one who did it. But like, I think that's what's so great about us is the ideas come to fruition. And then, they, you know, we follow through on them. And I think that's all of us working together. Well, it's like the same amount of people who are like, I'm going to write a book. And then right. or, I'm going to publish a book. And it's kind of the same thing. You just like, got I will say to anyone sitting at home thinking, I wanted to do these things, but I don't know how, is I've tried, I tried writing a book before I wrote my first book so many times and just fucking failed, just failed over and over and over and then gave up and then I would try again. And in my heart, I just didn't really believe that I had it in me, honestly, for a long time. I can remember walking in the desert with Nick and our son was like a newborn. No, maybe one. He was one. And he was like, do you think you're ever going to write anything again? (laughs) And I was like 30. And I was like, I mean, I don't know. I would like to think so. And he was just like, well, you know, maybe when you're retired, maybe when you're retired, you'll have time to think about writing. And I remember thinking that does not sound like what I should be doing. Like, I just remember it just in a certain way. Not that like, I think 
anyone who's reinventing themselves in retirement, like, fuck yeah. But, like, at the time, I wasn't close to retirement, so I was also like, oh, am I just going to be like, I guess that's fine then. I'm just not going to, like, think about that for 30-some more years. So I remember that's what lit. Like, after that, I went back to, like, real life after, like, our Christmas vacation or whatever, and I immediately started writing my first book. That's awesome. I was like, fuck you. (laughs) I can do it. Whatever the motivation (laughs) is. Like, and and that's just it. Like, it's never... It's never too late to try something new. Like I didn't start writing with intent to get published until I was in my mid thirties. And, you know, here I am now in my late forties, just starting a podcast and I love it. You know, like I look forward to this every week. Is it a shit ton of work that we do? Yeah, absolutely. Like added to all the other things that we do, but it is like absolute pure joy to do this work. Well, we've made mistakes too. And I think that that's important. I've like, this is an old, old quote, so I'm not like at all attributing it to me, but um, I just kind of like have paid more attention to it lately, but it's that perfect is the enemy of good. And I keep like, I need to tell myself that a lot because a lot of times I feel like I don't start something because I want it like absolutely perfect right when I start. And it's stupid because that's just not going to happen. Like, and I think with the podcast too, like we made mistakes. I talked out of the wrong end of my mic for five episodes. Like it's okay. You fail forward. You know, you progress. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, now, like, now I think it's weird that I didn't used to do this. You know, like, it's Wednesday night is pod night, like, all the time. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. it's blocked off in my calendar. It's never shut my door, make my kids leave me alone. Never gonna not happen. You know, we are as reliable as a Swiss watch. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So for today's episode, we're just going to dive in because we're not doing a deep dive, a two episode deep dive like we used to do. (laughs) But we are talking about a drama, a rewatch of a drama. So spoilers can happen at any time, pretty much. I think it's safe to say that Crash Landing on You has quickly become a modern classic, and it's referred to as a gateway drama for many. So we're guessing that many of you have watched it. If you haven't, we highly recommend parking yourself in front of Netflix for this 16-episode gem. Then maybe give our two-episode deep dive, our second and third (laughs) Afternoon of Delight episodes a listen, and then pop back for this two-year-later look back at the drama that brought Hallyu into our lives and changed pretty much everything. So consider this your fair warning. If you stick with us from here on out, we will be talking in detail about Crash Landing on You. Ready? Then, as always, let's get to it. So we've brought up countless times the fact that Crash Landing on You was our first drama. Leah started it first, I think on the recommendation of our friend Chanel, and both of you urged me to give it a try. Megan, you were just getting into K-pop and kept sending me videos to watch, which I loved. And so I mentioned, you know what, if you're really loving the music, that you might also love the dramas. And I told you that I thought you'd love Chloe. So do we all remember like kind of our thoughts and expectations going into the drama for the first time? I truly didn't have high expectations. And that's mostly because I hadn't been into a TV series in like such a long time like I just didn't even watch TV Uh, I read books or I watched like YouTube I was just not into anything that was on TV to me TV at the time was like just so much CSI well that was like the network TV but even like Netflix I just hadn't really been into any of the offerings other than like Stranger Things that was like that was it so it didn't really have my reluctance, I guess, to like watch Chloe or, or any K-dramas. It had nothing to do with the fact that it was a K-drama. I just wasn't in love with TV at the time. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. So for me, I had had a real moment with Meteor Garden, 
which was a sea drama. And I had gotten obsessed with Meteor Garden and had so much fun watching it. And I was vaguely aware that there was like a K drama that it was like an origin from that there was like, you know, a Taiwanese drama there was an origin from, but I was kind of like, eh, like I'm just all into this show. Like I'm not really interested in like exploring the origin stories. I just really enjoyed this. Which is great because we're going to be talking about Dylan Wang pretty soon oh my with um, <laughs> <laughs> when Fairy Loves Devil. However, you know, I enjoyed Meteor Garden and then I watched a couple of other C dramas and I was aware that there was this whole K drama thing. And I was like, that just feels big and complicated. I'm happy just watching these couple shows. And then I just kind of like popped along with my happy little life, like watching, there was like a Swedish show I watched and some other things. And so, you know, while I was always aware of K-drama, I somehow just like didn't have it in me to pull the trigger for no real reason other than I think it was just waiting till I was like ready to do it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I knew nothing of K-dramas and I knew no one who watched them. But for some reason, my first thought was that they were going to be like super cheesy, like American soap operas. And like, don't get me wrong, I religiously watched Days of Our Lives in General Hospital for all of my teen and young adult years, and I loved them. But there is a difference between storylines that literally span decades, like of a show being on Monday through Friday for decades, and one that lasts 16 to 20 episodes. But I didn't know that was the case with K-dramas. Also, since I'm a multitasker, I was worried I wouldn't have the attention span to watch and read and do nothing else. All I knew was that, you know, Leah was watching and like you were like out of your mind for this drama and I trusted your judgment and I dove in, even after thinking I'd never be able to get past the paragliding through a tornado. But I soldiered (laughs) on and I'm very, very happy that I did. (laughs) I mean, for that to be like one of the first things that you see and I'm like, okay, I have to buy into this because... It's getting all this hype. Like, I've got to see what this is all about. And like, yeah, I mean, now that we're, you know, two years in and we just got, you know, we finished watching like Little Women, which is like the, you know, Makjong to end all Makjong. Like, you know, nothing, nothing I don't think can really surprise me as far as something being over the top in a K-drama or any sort of, you know, entertainment. But that having been my first, I was like, okay, so she paraglides through a tornado, survives, and lands in North Korea. (laughs) All right, let the story begin. So obviously we were all hooked. What do you remember about your reactions from your first watch? Okay, so what I remember very clearly was that I was having a unique experience of watching the type of romance that I wanted to both read and write. I felt like it was just commercial fiction hitting beats like it was its job. And that just gave me so much joy. Yeah, I I felt like it was some of the best storytelling I'd, I'd ever witnessed. Like... So, I mean, talk about having a hangover after you read a book or watch a drama or whatever. I could do nothing with myself after I finished this drama, except for immediately go back to episode one and start again and watch it the whole way through. Yeah, I was bereft when this was over. Like, I didn't, I did not know what to do with my life. I do, I do remember that (laughs) feeling. So for me, it was definitely the writing. I just remember messaging them. And that was back when we were still messaging on like Facebook and I just, I just kept saying the writing, the writing guys. And they're like, I know, I know, we told you. But the, how all the subplots were woven together along with this like actual believable romance that wasn't just like thrown in. I just love that the plot and the romance were married mm-hmm. and you couldn't have one without the other. And I just feel like that is not what Western TV does. Anyway, everything just felt written with 
intention. It felt, and it felt like a romance book come to life. It felt like the romance books that I'd been reading, but on the screen. And that was what I wanted. All right. So we came at this whole podcast idea from the perspective of watching K-drama through a writer's lens and specifically often a romance writer's lens. So let's give credit where credit is due to Park Ji-un, Chloe's main screenwriter, who also was the lead writer for several other popular dramas, including My Love from the Star and Legend of the Blue Sea. From a writing perspective, what does Park Ji-un get right in this drama that has basically ruined you for much of Western media? I mean, I feel like I'm like beating the drum for it, but it's <laughs> but it's it's the romance. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is what blew me away. Um, I you know, Western TV can often get plotting right sometimes, like I would say for Stranger Things, although it's not over yet, so we'll see. But rarely does romance well, or does it that it's the actual plot? And like, I'm not saying it never happens, but I've just been let down so many times. And the romance in Chloe, like I said, was like right out of a romance novel. You know, I was thinking today that growing up, the the movies that had romances were typically not romances. They were love stories. So they were like Nicholas Sparks movies or books, you know. Where somebody had to die movie. at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some, or they were like rom-coms written by Judd Apatow. Like that mm. is what... That, those were the rom-coms that, like, I, and the romance that I grew up with. All those are written by men. And I think of, like, the TV shows that were really popular that had romances when I was kind of, like, coming of age. And they were all Twilight-inspired. So it was, like, a lot of love triangles. And none of it was just what I wanted it, in, in a TV romance. There wasn't this, like, epic love story. Like none, it just, it, what the plot wasn't written with the romance in mind, in in my opinion, for a large majority of um, these shows. And also the TV shows and Western media go on for, I mean, how many seasons? So you also have these couples who had been through so much that it just didn't mesh by the end. So yeah, I guess it's just like, I just wasn't given what I wanted and what I craved in Western media the entire time I grew up. Like, I'm hoping it changes soon and they can, like, write a decent romance. Like, hire romance writers, for God's sakes. But I don't. I did hear today, just real quick, Channing Tatum is writing a romance. Or no. Yeah, a romance with Roxanne Gay. Wow. He was a fantastic hero in The Lost City, I will just say. Like, if you guys yeah. have not seen the movie The Lost City with him and Sandra Bullock... And it's about a romance writer, like, on this adventure with her cover model, which is what he is. Like, he's the cover model that goes to signings with her. It's fantastic. But I I am gonna, like, I'm sad, Megan, if you are too young to have grown up with any Nora Ephron movies, because we did have a great female romance writer in the 80s that gave us, like, When Harry Met Sally and Sleepless in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And those were my faves. But those are the movies that didn't exist then in the 90s, you know, in the in the later 90s and in 2000s and stuff like that. And I think we're starting, like, romance is making a comeback in a different way. Like, we're not seeing them on the big screen, but we're not seeing a lot of things on the big screen. But I think that we are starting to get more in streaming, and I'm looking forward to that. Like, I will never say no to a romance. Like I said, The Lost City was pretty fun. But I will say, like, it is the romance that kind of hit me over the head in Crash Landing on You. And I think what sets this apart from not just a lot of Western media, but even some other dramas is not the epic romance moments. And there are plenty. But also the smaller ones sprinkled throughout like this 
On my second watch, I had a digital sticky note open and I'm like, I'm just going to jot down all of the romantic moments that hit me. And I was like furiously taking notes as I watched and kept jotting down like one thing after another in every single episode. So it was like Mm. each little episode was its own sort of romance story, you know, within the broader story, like from Captain Reese saving her from detection in the first episode to the candle in the marketplace, to him filling her fridge while she's in the hospital, like all of this combined with like the epic life or death romantic moments just got me like that is where Park Ji-un understood the assignment. You're right. It's like the little moments because there were a lot of little romantic moments. And I would also say another thing she nails is not just the romance, but the relationships. I mean, the amazing relationships that she created among the different various characters and how those relationships also drove the plot forward. It, oh my God. Like I'm getting like verklempt again. I know. I just, the friendship. Like when Captain Reed bent to put sneakers on one of the ducklings, just moments like that where I'm like these, it's just the heart of this show was right there for us to see. So, Okay, so I don't want to, like, I feel like an asshole. No, go ahead. (laughs) You can be contrary. You can be contrary. I think it's great. This is where I want to put out a caveat that says that if I have critique, that doesn't mean I don't like something. Because I feel like after we did my mister, there were all these people like, I wish you guys had liked it. And I was like, what the fuck? I liked it. I just didn't like, it wasn't my favorite drama I've ever seen, but I liked it. And look, I'm going to say at this point, and we're going to talk about this more later, so I don't want to belabor it. That's kind of where I'm at with Chloe now, having done the rewatch, is I'm curious. I think that I came to it like a person wandering around in the desert, basically, who was like looking for certain content and just not getting it. Like Amy and I had been pretty into CW at one point, and CW wasn't perfect either. But like Heart of Dixie and some of these dramas we were like into because we're like, oh my god, just give me something that's like commercial and tropey and seems to like respect talking romance tropes. Yeah. And just like commercial tropes. Because I think that you can enjoy content like that but we just weren't getting it and this is where I want to talk about things without being a hater but I don't have like a great way to do it so I appreciate and respect folks who when like Christmas time comes around they're like yes cannot wait for the Hallmark movies to start and they just get so much enjoyment out of watching them and those are very trope heavy but they've just never hit the spot for me and that's okay they're just not my thing either and that's okay too and I feel like it's like you either get that Like, you either get that or you can get, like, Nicholas Sparks with, like, someone dying with, like, a love story along the way. So, like, if you're looking for good romance, like, I just kind of felt like I was left out in the cold. There was, like, yeah, like, Judd Apatow, like, that kind of stuff. But there wasn't what I was looking for. So when I found Crash Landing on You, it was, like, holy shit, this is what I've been wanting. And so I'm always going to love it for that. And I still think it's very good. I just don't think I love it as much now, having seen a whole bunch of dramas. I don't love it as much as I did the first time I watched it, because I've seen things that have like moved me more. However, I'm never going to not have a great spot for it in my heart because A, I think it's a good story. I think it's a lot of fun. And I think it's romantic and sweet and swoony. And it just let me realize that there was many other things possible if I just got over myself and kind of just kept looking in other places for the content I wanted. And we can talk about later maybe why I have like, I haven't fallen out of love for it. It's just like, as you guys were watching, you're like, Amy, you were like, it's still in like my very top. And I'm like, it's not for me. It is. Well, I mean, that's my next question. My next question is, is quibbles. So we can, we can quibble. And I honestly, like, you know, when I first watched this, it could do no wrong because I was so invested in the romance that I was not looking at anything else. 
so yeah, you can watch it through. I mean, we're definitely watching it through different eyes because we have so many other dramas under our belt and you can't help but compare with everything else that you've seen. And we've talked a lot lately about, you know, the portrayal of mental health issues in dramas. And we're, I think it's a lot more visible to us now. We weren't looking for it before, like kind of Leah, what we were talking about before we started recording, like what are, what am I not seeing, you know, kind of thing. And I definitely didn't see this the first time around. And the fact that the first, you know, when you go back in time and you see all the times that they're, you know, fated mates that their paths have crossed, that Sari and Captain Ree's paths have crossed throughout the years. The first time that it did is when she goes to Switzerland to ask to be euthanized at, you know, an assisted suicide center. And I am not downplaying depression or any mental health issues at all. But I applaud the episode for having this you know, suicide center say, no, we're not going, you know, we don't find a plausible reason to help you with this. Um, but here's some pamphlets and some help you can get. And I appreciated here's that. Some pamphlets. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but like, I still read yourself out of your depression. I, I still I still was like, oh, my gosh, like, it didn't like slip past me. But it just wasn't an issue for me the first time around. You know, somebody being so depressed. And, and I mean, like, you know, she had some issues and I and I totally respect, you know, what made Suri depressed. Like her depression was not gratuitous. She was dealing with some big time abandonment issues from the mother who raised her because she was, you know, her father's illegitimate daughter. And, you know, I, I get that she had a lot going on. But the fact that the first time that we meet is, you know, right before she's about to jump off of the panoramic bridge because the suicide center wouldn't help her. And then that that's like never really addressed again, that she's dealing with some really heavy mental health issues. That was my teeny tiny quibble. That's a pretty big It's quibble. a big, it is. It's a big quibble. But I'm saying like, it has nothing to do with the plot. It has nothing to do with the romance. It is just like a scene that's thrown in there that I think should have been dealt with better. I mean, it is kind of, it's not necessary. No. Like she could have just gone to Switzerland. Like... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, we didn't need Sari to have this emotional wound where she was, you know, She could have gone to depressed. Switzerland with that emotional wound and not wanted to kill herself, too. Yeah. Like, you or know, I guess. Moment on the bridge where she was, like, kind of wavering all of a sudden. But the idea of going for assisted suicide, I think that is a part of the plot. And I do think that that was pretty effed up. And I think at the beginning, I was just so overwhelmed with, like, everything else. Right. Because I was so much like, oh, my gosh, I'm, like, really taken with this that I wasn't, that all just kind of washed past me. Same. The first time I watched it, I, I, I didn't even know that that was, that was what was happening. Like, I fully did not comprehend that that was actually what was happening. I was like, oh, she's going to fall off the bridge. Like, I don't know what Stop I it. was no. thinking. I seriously just like, because again, I was what? like, so, yeah. <laughs> okay, I was like, meat I know. Okay, me. Seriously, you are, you are wet meat sticks was, for the rest of your life. <laughs> I was so taken, yeah, by it that I just didn't, I'm like, I think I understood that she was like, something was happening, but. I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I fully understood the assisted suicide place and all that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess I would say I still would have liked a cuddle. Just a cuddle. <laughs> in a, in a bed. Know. In a bed. Like, I would have, I didn't, I don't, again, I don't need to see, I do not need to see a Captain Ree neck vein a la Lee Dong Wook. I don't, I did not need that. I truly didn't need sex, but I could have, I could have gone for some intimacy some skinship some physical like i don't know yeah, no, I, mean, I mean like they're I'm, kissing their kissing only happened at high 
emotional right. moments when it was like literally like a life or death kind of situation. Right. Give me give me just a cuddle. You know, I guess that I just would have I would have liked that. But it, it's okay. Like it, it's okay that it didn't happen, but I still would have I think now that I've watched more dramas and I like especially when I watched like Fight for My Way and there was just some really lovely like flirting in that where during like the fun and games beat of the romance there was just some really like sweet sexy flirting and I'm like I could have I could have gone for that you know but mm-hmm. even 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 a hug a couple more hugs but it is what it is it's fine look I don't want to get into too many quibbles I think that for me the humor felt broader than I remembered what do you um, mean broader she thinks it's slapstick like, like minim dong now it's more slapstick than I remembered and so as I was watching it, I'm like, damn, this is really slapsticky. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I would say. Yeah. And I just hadn't, like, put that together the first time, whereas this time it, like, kept taking me out of the drama. Like, I was like, oh, this is reminding me, not of Minodong, but, like, you know, on that specter. Yeah. Like, yeah. There was just times where it felt silly for silly's sake, and I just didn't need it. Yeah. And we're going to get into another thing later, but I, I thought that there were just a lot of plot threads that were loose like the fact she was raised by her stepmother i remember even watching it the first time being like not sure right like we don't really ever explain like what went down in her family and that doesn't make sense and like her relationship with her dad where like it seems non-existent yet he's gonna leave it all to her like why isn't that developed like i felt like the family felt the mom kind of goes through an arc and like the rest of them felt like very caricature yes absolutely and then there was like a little bit of nuance towards the end but it kind of felt like there just seemed to be like it could have been more interesting i guess and then we're going to talk about the villain too but like the whole villain oh my god cycle, <laughs> the villain plot, yes i was like okay this really is like straining i know it's what, that we we do talk about that later like i did like the for all of that i'm not saying that i can't have like any humor like the ducklings were silly and i didn't mind it i didn't mind like the uncle who was like the high up guard and like you know the sister and sodan like and i love the b romance still so i mean there was plenty that i enjoyed it's just as i was watching it i was like oh there's like elements here that now are like when i see them they're like the things that i'm always like oh i didn't like that as much and i'm like oh there's a lot of those that occurred in this drama that i didn't know the first time well what's interesting too is when we all first watched chloe we weren't like watching it to critique it we were just watching right like Mm -hmm. you know we didn't have a podcast we didn't know the podcast wasn't even an embryo or a zygote i mean we had no intention so i do think that's interesting now because how i watch dramas now a lot of times i'm constantly thinking oh i need to talk about this when we podcast and i do kind of internalize things a little more whereas yeah a second watching of cloy now that we have a podcast we're like wait a minute if this was any other drama, we would have brought this up. Like, we would have been like, hey. And I will just say that there's other romances now that have touched me more, that I've thought about more. I think that Crash Line and You is special on its own. I just want to be very clear so nobody comes at me like, ah! Like, it is special <laughs> on its own. And I do think that, to me, it's more special because of, like, what it means to me in terms of, like, being my sure. first K-drama. Yeah. But when I think of other, you know, at the end, when we talked about, like, what our top five were. I, like, went to my top 10, and then in my mind, I went to my top 15, and it was not in any of those. But that doesn't oh, mean wow. I don't like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> but you like a lot of yes. other ones. Yes. Even more. That's fair. That's fair. That is. Well, you know what we don't quibble about is our K-pop Rack of the Week. 
And so that's what we're going to get to now. So who's up? I don't even know. Which one of you has given us a K-pop rec? Okay, so I kind of want to do this in uh, partnership with Megan, because I think we were both excited about this, but we came at it from like different sides of the coin, Mm -hmm. which is the song that released on January 13th, which is called Vibe. And it is a collab between Big Bang member Taeyong and BTS's Park Jimin. So this is Taeyong's first release in what like five years or something i mean it's been a minute yeah yeah his solo i mean he has had solo songs before outside of big bang but it's been a long time and then big bang just had that um one song still life uh recently after they were all out of the military but that's kind of it it's a fun song i like the aesthetics of it i think that they both look great together dancing i know that jimin has been a giant big bang fan for ever and i mean like who hasn't kind of that's like come up through the ranks in k-pop right like these are like the second generation ogs and i think everybody performing from them on it like owes them a big debt yeah i mean i i like not to be but i like the vibe of the song like i just think it's fun i love i've always loved how Young moves i just i love how he dances and so it feels really good to see him back yeah so both enjoying it it's fun to see collabs and it's fun to see i think you know being army too i think it's just fun to see members getting to do like dream collabs with heroes of theirs which it's you know i mean how exciting is it to get to have that opportunity so yeah so our recommendation this week is vibe if you enjoy our podcast you have our patrons to thank at least in part afternoon a delight patreon allows us to keep creating content for y'all to enjoy thank you so much to everyone who is supporting us there and not to brag but our patreon community is pretty awesome and you can join at a tier that feels good to you gain access to fun perks like k-drama posts monthly Patreon-only bonus podcasts, and even a live K-Drama support group on Zoom. Because we know firsthand what it's like to have no one to talk to about those crazy plot twists, amazing characters, and all those feelings. And look, no one should have to walk that walk alone. So learn more by visiting afternoonadelight.com. That's www.afternoonadelight.com. And hey, while you're on the website, you can check out Afternoona Delight podcast merch, find links to book recommendations, bop along to our K-pop recs, blow up your skin with K-merch recs, find all of our social media and a link to our email so you can send us recommendations or feedback. And hey, while you're at it, why don't you pop over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review? It really helps with our discoverability. Gamsamnida. So what kinds of things do you both like to do when you drive? Pay attention to the road? Is this a trick question? All right, how about when you fold laundry? Why am I folding laundry in this scenario? Read, friends. I was trying to get you to say read. You could just ask us if we like to read when we drive or... Wait, how are you reading when you're driving? With Audible. You know, our sponsor, who is the leading creator and provider of premium audio storytelling, enriching the lives of millions of listeners every day. I listen to audiobooks on my commute to work in the car. Oh yeah, I totally do that. I love my Audible subscription. Then why'd you leave me hanging with the whole driving thing? Forget it. It's not important. What is important is that now our listeners can get a 30-day free trial of Audible Premium Plus from Afternoon of Delight. 
Do you know what they get with that free trial? Actually, I do. They get one audiobook credit, two if they are Prime members, which is good for any premium selection, and they get to keep that audiobook. They also get the whole Audible Plus catalog of podcasts, like Afternoon of Delight, audiobooks, guided wellness, and Audible Originals. And with the Plus catalog, you can listen all you want, no credits needed. And Audible sends you a reminder email before your trial ends. Sounds like a great way to spend 30 days to me, especially if you're heading outside for a walk, have a long commute to work, or just want to hear one of many talented narrators really bring your book to life. All you have to do is go to www.audibletrial.com slash afternoon to sign up and you're ready to download your first listen. Enjoy! One thing we've discussed in previous episodes is T. Taylor's book, Seven Figure Fiction, and the idea of universal fantasy. To break it down into its simplest terms, a trope is a commonly used storytelling device, like the popular romance tropes of enemies to lovers, like Mad for Each Other or Her Private Life, Best Friends to Lovers, like Fight for My Way or Hospital Playlist, or Office Romances, like Business Proposal or What's Wrong with Secretary Kim. The universal fantasy aspect is what the writer uses to reel you in and lap up those tropes again and again. It's the rich butter added to the trope recipe, like found family, a makeover, a wounded character, both emotional or physical, and the bully who loves me. Taylor talks about sprinkling this UF butter throughout your writing. Not every universal fantasy is going to hook every reader or viewer. So the more you sprinkle, the more people you'll hopefully hook with your story. Crash Landing on You is full of both tropes and universal fantasy butter. What's both a trope and a UF where Chloe succeeds in still hooking you even after two years? So yeah, I can jump in. I would say uh, it is Faded Mates (laughs) because this drama loves its coincidences, dot, 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 or are they? Because we see that the two leads have been, you know, crossing paths for some time and influencing each other's lives. And so I think that that trope is done well here. And yeah, when we get to that like universal fantasy butter for me, I'm just going to say, I'm going to slather it on kind of this trope because who doesn't want to think that out there is like their perfect soulmate that is just waiting to (sighs) keep them from jumping off a bridge. I'm I'm actually going towards (laughs) is going to, apparently pee their pants crawling under a mountain range for 24 hours. (laughs) I mean, he, he had a wet signature by the time he got through that tunnel. Or he just like, (laughs) or you know what? He doesn't have a bladder because he's Captain Ree. I don't know. I'm just saying that like the amount of right place at the right time saving he does. Plus that like, faded mates kind of determination of look I was ruined for this kind of back in my seventh grade which was like the early 90s when last of the Mohicans came out and Daniel Day-Lewis like grabs onto Madeline Stowe's character at the waterfall and they're like in the cave behind the waterfall and he's like no matter what you do stay Stay alive alive. I will find find you you." and then he like flings himself off the waterfall Uh. that is like the intensity I feel like that we get at like the best parts of this drama I'm a hundred percent going to agree with you there. Like I was like writhing 
when you start going back in time and seeing all the times, like, you know, the places that their paths across and stuff like that, and like the whole piano part of it, like, I was lapping that butter up. Like, I could not get enough of it. And it's something that we see more often in fantasy, which I love. And that's one reason why I love fantasy romance. And I think that's part of the reason why Crash Landing on You hit me like it did was because I got to see this happen in a contemporary romance. And I bought, I bought all of it. It feels like a fantasy romance set contemporary. It truly does. It has the intensity of a fantasy romance, but in a contemporary world. I mean, and part of that, I think, and this is my answer, is I love the fish out of water trope. It's one of my favorites. And often that's what you get in a fantasy romance or like a sci-fi romance because they're in another world or another dimension or whatever. And this drama does it twice because first Suri is a fish out of water in North Korea and then Captain Ree is a fish out of water in South Korea and all his little ducklings. And it's just like, oh, I love it so much. And then, I mean, the butter is Captain Ree. Like everything about Captain Ree is butter. He's so buttery, I want to, like, dunk some lobster in him. <laughs> he is emotionally... <laughs> I want to I dip my meat sticks <sighs> in him. <laughs> he is emotionally wounded from the death of his brother, but yet once he allows himself to feel, he'll do anything for Sari. And, you know, I just need to say, Amy and I talked about this a little bit in our, like, casual K-drama chat, but the, like, female gaze in this is just overwhelming. I mean, it's like immediate. He's um, even like the very first episode where she, you know, is in his like bungalow thing and he's making her food from scratch, like making the fucking noodles. And it's like this montage of him cooking, but it's done in a way, just everything about it feels like, a woman wrote and directed this. Like, I don't know what else to say. And just like those small touches are throughout the entire drama. Just these like, again, the like way he shows his feelings and the romance that's not through physical intimacy is incredible. And to me, that's like, yeah, that's the butter. of. That's what I mean. Like every single episode had like this sweet romantic moment in it. Like, usually towards towards the end, like, you know, the holding up the candle or whatever. Like, just, yeah, all the butter. So Chloe's pretty meta when it comes to the whole K-drama formula, which we didn't really realize then. We have the character of Kim Jumuk, one of Captain Ree's ducklings, played to perfection by Yoo Soo-bin. He loves South Korean dramas, especially the one starring Choi Ji-woo, who gets to make a wonderful cameo as herself. Jumuk often comments on what's happening in Chloe and how it's very similar to something he's seen in a drama. So what's one of your favorite of these sort of meta moments that we might have missed on our first watch? Well, the first thing I, I mean, I don't know if this is, I mean, it's meta, is I had no idea the first watch what was going on with the green sweatshirt guy in episode Oh my 10. God. Oh yeah, so good point. Yeah, Kim Soo Hyun, who, you know, is our pillow-lipped beau from many a romance. Um, and so he makes a brief appearance in Crash Landing as his character, Wan Ryu Huan, who comes from the film Secretly Greatly. And we would love to see if we could find it anywhere. Yeah, which we still have not been able to locate, where apparently he is a North Korean spy who has been deployed to South Korea. So they basically take like this 
well-known South Korean movie and take the lead from that, who's a spy, put him in South Korea undercover and have him run into the ducklings as they're kind of like going around and um, have an exchange about it. And so, I mean, at the time, it's just this goofy dude in a green sweatshirt who's like, I'm like, I don't know what happened, but like, okay, whatevs. <laughs> and then like later realized like kind of where they were going with all of that. So I actually did not notice this, but I read it that uh, when Captain Ree is like, you know, all in on his video games where it went, when Sari has to cut him off. But apparently as he's playing the video games, some of the theme music from Memories of the Oh, oh yeah. Okay. So I didn't know. I, I don't because I haven't seen yeah. that drama, but awesome. I love that that's like. Yeah, no, that yeah. is true. And that is funny. And I didn't even think about the sec this time when I've seen the movies. I've seen memories too. That's awesome. All the call outs. Yeah, I really. So there's like a very sp specific part when the ducklings are getting questioned individually by the NIS agent when they are apprehended in South Korea. And Juma keeps asking if Captain Rhee is there because they're all getting questioned individually, right? Like by themselves. So he keeps asking, is Captain Rhee here? Is Captain Rhee here? And is he all right? Because this is usually the part in a South Korean drama where you find out the main character has been seriously hurt or killed. And this is, of course, when Sungjun and Suri are both potentially fatally wounded. <laughs> so I thought that was really cute. Because it takes this like really yeah. heavy stuff that is going on and mm -hmm. add some levity to it. So was there anything in your rewatch that surprised you or was there something you forgot that was fun to relive two years later? So for me, one thing was when um, Siri was at the hospital, she has a run in with a North Korean um, younger girl who knows everything about BTS. Oh, I knew yeah. about BTS. <laughs> and so that whole part was lost on me where she like, you know, she's a Jungkook bias. And it was like this whole cute thing where I was like, I don't even really know what they're talking about. And now I really, really do. <laughs> that was fun to be like, oh, here I am two years later. Like that was not like where I was full army or with my life. And then look, we can get into this but the trucks of death were ridiculous <laughs> so they look like they're alive like it's yes, like, like they're transformers. like transformers for it's sure ludicrous like it's like it's michael ludicrous. bay directed that portion of the yeah. drama you just it's... can't believe that that i mean i know <laughs> and like when they would come out and just like they would like growl it was <laughs> And like he just like hit the one woman on the road. Like yes! I mean, we were just killing everyone. Oh my god, <laughs> we're killing everybody out here. They looked like they were an episode, like a really bad villain from like Cars. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Well, I was just gonna say the the tornado will never. I'll never <laughs> not be over the tornado. It was funny because I got my mom to start watching Chloe. I told her basically like you're, you have to. As my mother, like, I'm just asking you to do this one thing for me is watch Chloe. So, so far she's watched episode one and she did text me and she's like, I really liked it. And she's like, that tornado was pretty hokey. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And my mom, by the way, has watched soaps. Like she actually mm -hmm. is, she's actually back watching days that she like, days of our lives is like, you know, you can take like a decade off. You can. Still, you know what I mean? So she's back to like watching days of our lives. And so nothing is going to like shocker like i knew that nothing in chloe was gonna surprise her but it was it was just funny and and you know the tornado is still it's just like sunny i know <laughs> it's, it's like so funny gorgeous day and then this is like tornado comes and it's like 
like a truck flies by her. I mean, it's so stupid. Ow. It was Ow. like the Wizard of Oz. Ow. It was like the Wiz- It was like Dorothy. It was the like the Wizard of Oz. I hated it. I hated it so much. <laughs> I, I was laughing the whole time, and, and I don't remember what I. I think when I first started watching, I was like, "What did they make me watch?" But the second time, I was just like laughing. Right. As much as I was like, "Oh, this romance is," or like the drama is more campy than like I wish. I am still like actually a big fan of the tornado and the fact that they were like, "We're gonna just commit to this tornado <laughs> right. and put." everything in that tornado like it is going to be the wizard of oz like the plot hinges on On the tornado she has to get to north korea somehow right and not and not be detectable (laughs) look there like there's some stuff in here that's supposed to be serious that that definitely made me laugh and like yes the tornado will always make me laugh the trucks of death are hilarious and i'm gonna take it a step further to our villain like even though i think that chul gong is a great villain in how he, you know, plays the baddie. I was surprised to realize that he's also one of the dumbest villains. <laughs> like, how does he never put two and two together that Ri Jong Hyuk and Ri Mu Hyuk, the guy he murdered, <laughs> were brothers? <laughs> how does he also have no clue that their father is the director of the military bureau? Also, no, no clue. Also, why does he give villain speeches telling Captain Ri exactly what he's going to do? So that Ree can track him down and foil his plans. <laughs> like, when Cholgong gets to North Korea, he calls him. He's like, look, I escaped prison. I'm in South Korea. <laughs> when he gets to South Korea. I escaped prison. I'm in South Korea. I'm going to kill your woman. There's nothing you can do. And Ree Jong-hook is like, really? <laughs> Captain Ree's like, bet. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge accepted. I don't even have to pee for 20 hours. <laughs> Let me go grab my catheter and I'll be right there. But like, yeah, I mean, and like the you fact don't that he wet meat sticks anywhere near my woman. <laughs> I just like, I and could... the fact that the baddie has to go down to South Korea, like, no, you don't, buddy. Just let it go. You know, like you escaped prison. Go yeah. live your fucking best life. Yeah. I don't even get it. He escapes prison. He's like, now I must go kill Sari just to fucking piss off Captain Reed just because, I mean. For putting me in prison. And the whole nexus of it was that Rimu Hyuk had discovered that he had a side hustle. With like, the grave di- robbers. Up grave digging <laughs> merchandise. <laughs> yeah. So he got the truck of death. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, and another thing that. I kind of had forgot about was like the women of the North Korean village. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with them all over again. Well, first not because they're like her nemesis, but then when she becomes friends with them and how she sends them skincare. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, I know. Scene. Okay. For a long time, this I'm mad at myself that I even put this in here because I can't. I can't narrow it down. But for a long time, this drama sat in all of our top three. Then as we got more dramas under our belt, we might have moved it to the top five. So here's the big question. Is it still a top drama for you? Whether it's like top five, top 10, whatever. Would you still consider it a top drama? And while we're at it, whether Chloe lands a coveted spot, what are your top five dramas? None of you behaved and did just five. So I didn't either. So I feel okay. Well, I did. Oh, I behaved. Yeah, but just five. Oh, you did? Yeah. Well, no. Then you list like five yeah, others. Yeah. Leah. Then you're like, and now here's my top ten. <laughs> and we're gonna all night. Yeah, I'm gonna try. This is mean. I actually like wrote them. I had to like write them down. I did too. I was, I was writing like, them down. I was like, well, no. What about this? Well, no. What about this? Yeah. These are not in order. Yeah. Although no. I no. Will no. Say, not in order. 
I will say I don't think Chloe's in my top three. I think it's in my top five. It is in my top five. Okay. So my top five obviously still includes Chloe. It just it just does. And and for me, the magic was still there. And maybe it was nostalgia. I don't know. I don't care. I'm not going to question it. Yeah, you don't it just need to. is still. Mm-hmm. So joining Chloe in my top five are Healer, I Am Not a Robot, Flower of Evil, and Mr. Sunshine. All of Us Are Dead is like a very, very close <laughs> sixth spot. Okay? That was hard. Basically, it was between like Mr. Sunshine and All of Us Are Dead. That was... That was that was tough. But so anyway. And then I'm throwing in Kin Porsche as my favorite non-Korean drama. Although I'm watching Love Between Fairy and Devil right now. So Kin Porsche is in a very threatened position. Because Love Between Fairy and Devil is... It's it, pretty. it has consumed mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Yeah, so there it is. That is my that is my top five. I Things may change. Uh, but that's it. And I mean, because romance is always going to grab me. Yeah. So look, it's not for me. Like I said, I loved it the first time and it changed my life, literally. And this time I appreciated it and I still loved it. But look, it's not top five or top 10. And I know because I just kept writing them out to see. So if I had to go with K-drama only, no tie or C-drama, I mean, I am going to say... Fairy and Devil is like high, high, like I love it, but we're not talking about K-drama right now. And for me, honestly, Kim Porsche has been unseated by Love in the Air because I am obsessed with Love in the Air for, I don't even, I'm just am for a Thai drama. But if we're talking K-drama, my top five, not in order, but just my top five are right now today, Mr. Sunshine, Missing, Reply 1988, Coffee Prince, and All of Us Are Dead. And rounding out my top 10, I put in Strangers from Hell, just because I think it was so fucking well done. Goblin, Hospital Playlist 1 and 2, and Healer. And so while I loved Chloe, I do feel like I've just loved, loved other romances more. Like I Am Not a Robot, Happiness, It's Okay Not to Be Okay, and When the Camellia Blooms are probably all romances that I've loved more. But I do think that this is always going to be my gateway K-drama wreck. Okay, so I feel not bad at all by having a top eight, basically, because nobody <laughs> nobody behaved, and so this so I'm fine with that. Nobody behaved, I, and I'm fine with that, and I'm also like I'm also thrilled that we have such different lists. Like we have some crossover, but I love that we have such different lists. So my top tippy top always Goblin, Crash Landing on You, The King Eternal Monarch, Healer, Flower of Evil, Edawan Class, Coffee Prince, I Am Not a Robot, and the way that I. Like for me, and there's like, I love all the, you know, a lot of the ones that you're, you're mentioning to like hospital playlist and, and happiness and all of us are dead, like absolute fantastic dramas. I'm basing it mostly on, okay, what are some dramas that I, I still miss and I know I'm going to watch again someday. And so far, I think those are, are the ones for me. I like our lists. Yeah. I like that they're different. Cause like, like, so I think sometimes Amy and I tend to gravitate a little bit more of similar ones, but yours and mine are different. Do we have Lee, I'm kind of shocked you didn't mention Edawan. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely in there for sure. So that's why it's so hard. Did any of us have anything that was the same in our top five? Chloe. No, I don't. No, she doesn't have Chloe. Oh, you mean all yeah. three of us? Like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant Did any um, of us have. No, I don't think so. No. Yeah, none of us have one drama that we not say all the of three them. of us have in our top five. Oh, that's cool. I like that. I think that, that's, a, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was hard. I wrote it down and I was like, mm, I don't, I, I feel like it hasn't changed for a while, my top. 
because healer won't be unseated. Like just <laughs> healers, there in my, a, healers in my top. I feel like yeah. my top three stay have stayed really consistent, which is in no particular order: Mister Sunshine, Me Sang, and Reply Nineteen Eighty Eight. I feel like those are always my top three. Yeah, I mean, Healer and I'm not a robot are always up there with Chloe. Um, Megan, you and I do overlap. To... We do do overlap with Chloe and Healer. Those are both in our top fives. You and me, yeah, but not right. all three. Yeah, all three of us don't overlap. Yeah, I mean, it's hard, too, because sometimes I look at a drama, I'm like, okay, well, I love this, this drama's in my top because of the romance, but then this drama is in my top because of... Right, there's know, different the tops that you can have. Like, what are your top five romance? What are your top yeah, five, you know, like, action? What are your top five dramas that you would watch again and again? You know, we can, and we can Like, I had to think, like, It's Okay Not to Be Okay was... Amazing. Incredible. But I wouldn't want to watch it again. But I wouldn't, I would never want to watch it again. And so... It's painful. I just want to watch, I just want pictures of her wardrobe yeah. that's it but i will never watch it again and i really to, for it to be in my top five i really have to want to be able to watch and it that's again. how i like, feel I too. think that that yeah i feel like i just can't put it in my top and me saying i feel like i should do a pod on because i don't honestly know if it would get either of you i i know but i feel like Look, it's just never loosened its grip on me. There's no romance in it, which is a surprise. I actually have two in my top 10 that aren't romances. And I think that's, but that doesn't mean that like, it's just strangers from hell have, I've never forgotten it. It was just like, so. Oh, never. And then me saying, I think just like got under my skin and like a really like, just like, yeah, like I'm a Siwon fan forever because of it. I just, I love it so much. It really like touched my heart in such a big way that like, I've never gotten over how much it touched my heart watching it. I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I will say I'm surprised because I don't have an on Bo Hyun drama. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think like like, her private life, you know, like any of those. Like I love him so much, Mm. but his dramas are just never like my, top faves because he's he just i mean i did love my name. i have an on bohyun because i said either one oh, so yeah. i took him like i love my name <laughs> but i will never watch my name again right right but i didn't put moon lovers in here and i'm gonna do moon lovers soon and i would watch moon lovers like once a year i still think it's a hot mess but i don't care because like as much as i'm like chloe Matt, like i'm not saying Matt, but you know like i kind of was like i like it but whatever like right moon lovers is such a bigger mess and I don't care. <laughs> the heart wants does, what the heart wants, does. and that's fine. But look, Captain Re always. I mean, like, look, I'm just, I think it's just that it is interesting to see as you watch more things, like, what enters your heart. Like, we have big, big, big hearts that can be full of love for so many things, which is my final thought. Because your so question is yeah. your final thought. That's my thought. <laughs> I like that final thought. Yeah, I mean, I want to say... I'm so excited about like what's coming up this year. I'm so excited. Like Netflix recently like announced their like whole slate of like K dramas. In- oh my gosh. I like one of my favorite things on my Instagram feed right now is the many, many posts from the Swoon Netflix. Same. Like and I Korea. Like I can't. It's so good. I keep I keep rewatching that I mean I look on Bo Hyun's in a in a romance drama. They like show him I mean Come on. I mean, I still have never even really gotten into the effect he has left on me from Yumi Cells, which he is devastated my soul in Yumi Cells. And I don't even think you watched Yumi Cells too, Megan, where he comes for you with like a hatchet and it's just like, oh, my heart. Oh, God, I love him. 
I don't know if I can do it to myself. Love it so much. Well, I guess uh, any other final thoughts? Happy two year anniversary to you two, to us three, to all of our listeners. Like for those of you who've been with us from the beginning, from for those of you who are just joining us now, like we're so thrilled that you're here. We could not keep doing this if it wasn't for you listening to us. And I'm still kind of floored that like we did, we started this with zero intention. We were talking about that earlier. We started this with zero intention just so that we could talk about this stuff face to face. And it's turned into quite a thing that I love. I'm going to go back and listen to our very first episode again, just so I can listen to me not speak and Megan talk underwater. (laughs) Oh, well, real quick, let's just talk about what we're watching okay. now. Hit the spot. Yeah, I was going to say, like, last week, we were all talking about, you know, what what our schedule is going to be coming up. And and I'm on, you know, two deadlines for a book and, you know, swamped right now. And I'm like, I just don't know when I can watch this and when I can watch that. And that night, mm-hmm. I got in bed. I'm like, I'm just, I was tasked with coming up with a My Choice drama, which I love doing, but to put on our list, like a My Choice drama. So as I'm flipping around Vicky and Netflix looking for something. I'm like, you know what? I don't even like, I want to know what the hype is with hit the spot. I'm like, I'm just going to start watching the first few minutes and two in the morning rolls around and I'm halfway done with the drop. <laughs> it was only eight episodes. Amy was like, look, I'm just really busy right now. And I'm like, okay, I can't, so yeah, I can't, I can't do all these dramas. <laughs> what about this drama? What about this drama? And she's kind of like, Oh, like, I don't like, I'm like, okay, well look, you don't have to watch hit the spot. Like we'll do X and Y to kind of make it. Cause I really think we should talk about it. Cause everyone's talking about it. And you know, we're just going to figure out a, like, we're just gonna have to like, sometimes like figure out what we're going to do based right. on our schedule. And Amy was just like, that's fine. Like my schedule's bananas. And the next day she's like, so I, I finished hit the spot. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two days later, we're like, okay. <laughs> I know. It yeah, was a right. lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And so now I'm watching Love Between Fairy and Devil. And I'm also going to be binging the first half of what are we doing? What's it called? The Glory. The Glory. Thank you. I'm like, what's it called? Yeah. So I'm going to hit the spot and then Glory. The, I'm going to start the Glory, but I'm going to finish hit the spot just to be in a good place before I ruin it with the Glory. Yeah. Leah's like, let's cover the Glory. Everyone's talking about the Glory. And I'm like, okay. And I thought like, they were both going to start it. So I started it. It's traumatizing beyond belief. And it's only a part one. I didn't know that until literally. I didn't know that until you told us. The end of episode eight. I didn't know either. When it ends not well. Well, not. It ends kind of weird. It's only eight episodes. We can just smash it. Yeah. Leah's like, it's only eight episodes. Smash it out. And I was like, great. And then I did. And now I'm like depressed about it so part two comes out in march and i don't know i'm almost like mad so my 12 so i was driving today with my daughter and bronte was like oh yeah i just watched the glory and i'm like you did i'm like i heard it was like really traumatic and she's like yeah it's fine i'm like oh my god you are a fucking middle schooler because this must just feel like real life to you uh wait till you watch it great wait till you watch it you're gonna be like uh, i like i that's actually i well hazel's younger than uh, your daughter, but I, I probably yeah, Bronte's looking up so, fourteen, but still, I mean, it's rough. Anyway, so I don't. I mean, look, it's just one of those dramas where everyone's terrible. <laughs> like it's like, ugh, you know. But but I couldn't stop watching it. I mean, you're very compelled to keep going because you need to know like what is happening. Anyway, whatever. So I'll watch part two then, and we'll cover it. And then I started watching Love Between Fairy and Devil, and it was interesting because I really. 
the first few episodes, I was like, I had to push through the fact that it was different. And I remember when I first started watching K-dramas, same thing. Sometimes it's like so different that you're like, huh, like, I don't quite get it, but you have to like push through. And I did. And now I'm obsessed. Like now I'm consumed by this story and I think it's everything and it's incredible. And I'm just all about it. And I cannot wait to talk about it. I did tweet about it and it was like a bunch of responses that were like, oh my God, please cover it. And on the pod and don't worry we are i wonder don't know if amy's gonna want to watch meteor garden when she finishes it i think i might i mean i and i did i did initially like i i did like meteor garden when i started it but it was also like commit i mean it was committing to you know 40 episodes and we weren't necessarily planning anything with it at the time and so it kind of got like you know thrown by the wayside once but you know, once you know, he is once i know <laughs> Dylan Wang is a baby with crazy hair. Well, I did, I, I think I watched like the first five episodes of it. Like, oh, yeah, because really? I because oh, okay, okay. I had already watched Boys Over Flowers. So Lee's like, you need to go, you know, watch Media Garden now. I was obsessed with Media Garden, but I I yeah. definitely like him as um, a tortured oh. immortal right now. So, oh my god, he's so good. Yeah. Well, happy to your anniversary, everybody. Looking forward to many, many more years. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. I love you and your wet meat sticks. Kamsamnida. Thank you for listening to Afternoon of Delight. Where can you find us outside the pod? Head on over to afternoonadelight.com. That's A-F-T-E-R-N-O-O-N-A-D-E-L-I-G-H-T dot com. You'll find links to all our social media, our book recs, K-pop and K-skincare recs, and if you want even more Afternoon of Delight, because really who doesn't, you can join our Patreon, where you can choose the patron level that's right for you. Join in daily K-drama conversations, listen to bonus podcast episodes just for patrons, and participate in our monthly live K-drama support group via Zoom. We can't wait for you to be a part of the community. Until next time, Annyeong!